Hot topics and interviews. And that's just how we do it. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast. Entertainment Man Podcast is brought to you by Crispy on the Web. Go to crispyontheweb.com for more information, social media, and much, much more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Man Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Men, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to a very special interview podcast. It's good to be back once again on the podcast, and uh, today I have H.B. Paisley. How do you pronounce your name? Paisley. You're so Paisley. close. You know, nobody ever gets this right the first time, so you're off the hook. Just don't ever mess it up again. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Great, Chris. Thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate your enthusiasm. You obviously love what you do. I do. I do. I've been doing this. Scary to think next year will be three years. Ah, well, uh, if you're old like me, that just seems like a, a, a commercial break. <laughs> Since you're only 12, it's, it seems like a lifetime, yeah. right? Well, soon to be 37, so. <laughs> now people know what my age really is. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good that you can just hide it like that. Good for you. And the good thing that the lighting in here doesn't show my gray, so that's another good thing. Ah, that's it. That's the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, t- Lee, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for asking. I'm um, I'm situated today in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We moved here back in 2001. We was my uh, wife and I, and then I just had one son. I have two adult sons now. One just finished university. One is finishing at Grand Canyon U. My wife is a... I think a famous uh, interior designer who works on commercial projects primarily. Mm-hmm. And we actually office together. I can see her out there. I'm, I sit in an office with a big glass window and I can see what she's up to, but she can't hear me, <laughs> which is how she likes it uh, in our lives. This is, I live in a place where husbands can be seen, but not heard. Yeah. Professionally, I'm sure that we, <laughs> we may have been trying to get there. Uh, I'm a full-time business advisor. What that means is I, I come alongside people who own and run businesses who usually need a prospective partner. And we often focus on attracting and retaining the best kind of people in the world, whether it's customers, clients, um, or even colleagues and teammates. Same kind of thoughtfulness is so important for business owners who, you know, every little relational step means so much. Okay. Uh, what is it? What is an advisory-based business? Yeah. That's a good question. You know, I think most people who, let's say, just buy and sell things, Mm -hmm. even Chris, who in some ways is convincing people that they should watch this podcast because he has something good to share, good people to share. You you are participating in something where you're trying to provide value so that people would want to exchange time with you or money with you. Uh, Many of us go out into the world and we make things. I was an artist, professional artist for almost three decades. And you you made things, you made songs, you made art, you created stuff, and you hope that people would buy it. I discovered along the way however there's a whole class of human being that rather than selling stuff what they're actually selling is their strategy or their wisdom and this is different it's it's not intangible in that <laughs> it has an effect and it's very powerful and there's all kinds of people in our lives that are like that we don't think about it often but an advisory based business is just that they're instead of brokering stuff they tend to be brokering wisdom and people are willing to come to them and say help me with this problem or help me with this process I don't know how to do this and that's what an advisory based business is all about all right what client experience is the key to growth for the modern advisory based business <laughs> what client experience itself what client experience is key to growth for the mo- mo- modern I can't talk today let me try that again 
It's been a long season. I, I swear. <laughs> it's okay. I'm your fifth podcast interview of the day. It's okay that no. you're crashing. <laughs> I've been up since 10 o'clock, though. I should be okay for a while. Yeah, I'm listening to Well, here's what I appreciate about you, by the way. You're, mm-hmm. You love asking questions because when you're doing a great job, people that are with you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They want to talk, you know, and then hopefully your listenership enjoys this interaction, right? Right. So really, you've become pretty good at client experience. If, mm-hmm. if I was your client in this particular context, mm-hmm. sorry, if I think I just banged my microphone there. Uh, what it means is that you're you're taking care of me and part of the journey. What we're doing today is sort of like a discovery meeting. Mm-hmm. In many advisory professions, at some point, you want to sit down with the people that you serve and just go, well, tell me about you. Tell me what you're dealing with. What's your challenge? What's the big thing that we want to solve together? And then they want to discover you as well. Like, I'm about as interested in Chris as you are in HB. I just, you're doing all the question asking right now. So in this discovery process, it's really important that this is a um, this is one of those steps in client experience that should be graceful. It should be practiced and people want to get better and better at the discovery moment because that often sets the tone on whether or not we we might do more business in the future or accomplish something great together over time. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of steps in client experience from the first time you meet someone to way down at the end of your journey where maybe, and this would be the best case scenario, they love you so much that they become your advocates, that your guests want to tell more people about your show or that people who see your show want to tell more people to come watch your show. That's such a happy client experience that people are willing mm-hmm. to bring other people to you and that's what everybody wants right right exactly yeah you want to and you want to have a positive feedback too right it's important yeah, <clears throat> yeah but and different people get feedback in different ways like in your business you can kind of feel your way through and know if a guest is having fun mm-hmm. it's hard to know what your watchers are, are feeling because you're not with them but how do you go about getting feedback from people that actually listen to or watch your podcast exactly and it's hard especially with the audio only you know you can't really because it's audio only there's no some of them don't have like a comment box where you can like say the great podcast you know but you oh that's true yeah so when I asked you that question I wasn't it wasn't rhetorical like I was actually curious so on YouTube you could say hey down below in the comments leave me a note ask me a question I'd love to hear from mm-hmm. right right but if you're doing an audio podcast <laughs> people are driving down the street they listen to your show hey maybe you guys listening to this podcast could tell us how to do this better like how can we hear from you mm-hmm. You can tell us uh, it's too long. It's too short. I don't like the content. HB is a ding dong. Don't have him back on the show. You know. Yeah. You got to have some way for people to reach mm-hmm. out to you. Is there any way now? Uh, I know on iTunes you can leave a review. You can leave your comment. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Castbox you can do a comment, but that everything has it. So not every platform has a comment box. So they can even like maybe reach out to my my email uh, entertainmentmanpod at gmail That could be the one way to reach. Hey, that, was a good, that was a good email drop. See how I set you up for that? <laughs> yeah. That was really good. That might be the best way. I know that people have to leave this moment and they have to go to another thing, a tool, yeah. a device, open it. it. It takes a little extra step. But I bet, <clears throat> knowing you, Chris, if your audience were to email you at that Gmail address, which you're going to repeat after I make this wonderful plug for you, yeah. that you, you would probably strongly consider making changes in order to keep your present audience bright, happy, and engaged. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I would, too. What's that email address again, Chris? Entertainment Man 
pod at gmail.com. <clears throat> let, let them... You have to repeat it like 87 <laughs> times before anybody remembers, so that's your two in. <laughs> yeah, I can put it I'll put it in the show notes too, which is actually that's another good thing about that is you can actually just, you know, put it into the show notes. Say if you wanna leave a comment or you wanna, you know, just contact me, use the email <laughs> provided in the in the show notes. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think this is important between you and I because if we want to become great at creating wonderful client experiences so mm-hmm. that our clients become really the force behind our better marketing. Yeah. Instead of us just always having to chase strangers, which is, you know, it's part of the thing, but can't be the only part. Yeah. Then we've we got to get feedback. We have to hear from them. We have to, frankly, I think we have to become professional listeners. Mm-hmm. So if some of your audience who are business owners or leaders are trying to sort out, well, I've heard about client experience. Some people have two second client experiences because they're internet seller. Yeah. But you know, some people have two year client experiences because they take a long time to close a deal. And they say, HP, how, how do we start thinking about client experience without it being boring or just an idea? And I say, well, the first thing you have to start doing is do anything, read anything, get mentored by anybody who will make you a better listener. Because mm-hmm. if we can't listen and absorb and reflect and take in information from the people that we serve with or the people that we're serving, then we're we're not going to be able to improve client experience. We'll, we'll just keep dealing with the problems we're probably creating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll come up with excuses and we'll come up with plans. But the, the real trick in client experience is to start listening to your client. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> exactly. I agree. I totally agree. Why is subject matter experts often fail at starting and running a successful business? Because they're super nerds <laughs> and their gift has carried them so far. Why change now? Yeah, true. I, mean, I think all of my clients are super nerds. I spent decades with artists, people with incredibly powerful creative gifts, and their gift and their egos were as big as a planet. And now I work with a lot of business owners who happen to be subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. Financial advisors are one of my favorite groups of owners to work with with. They happen to be really genius in the corridor that they serve in. They yeah. got their start because they loved it. They're good selling or they were good advising or they were good in that space. But <clears throat> their business has grown. Now there's 10 people on the team or 20 or 30 people on the team. Um, their client base is enormous. Just the regular burden of running a business has gotten hard. And they look around and they go, wait a minute. It used to be that just being a genius was fine. Maybe I'll just keep doing that. I'll just, I'll be more of a genius and everybody will figure it out. But <laughs> many people have sorted out. This is no way to learn how to run a business better. Mm -hmm. You can't just dominate the top of the pile as the super genius in your firm and expect your firm to excel, have great culture, win better clients, and frankly, for you to ever get any time off. You've got to create a different kind of culture on your team Mm -hmm. to learn that leading a business in itself is an art form and it exists in a separate column than your subject matter expert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree with that too. It's uh. Uh, there's always uh like you know you have to be a leader too in the process like uh it's not easy too some people are what's the word the saying goes some are a leader some are a follower i think that's how it goes that that saying goes yep or we can be both you know people are blends of things but if you care for other people you tend to lean toward leadership because you want to help people yeah you might always remind people that you might only lead two or three people Mm -hmm. but your role is still important yeah some people i have a friend who leads 300 people in the customer service customer care relationship environment a very large corporation that everybody's heard of Mm -hmm. his role is also important but i don't think there it's any more important it's the same everybody has somebody to take care of everybody has somebody to love and i think we should just get better and better at doing it over time conversations like this help me because when i talk to you chris Mm -hmm. you ask questions 
decisions. You make me think about stuff. We're, we're processing things that are important to both of us. Mm-hmm. Usually that makes us both a little smarter. Yeah, and you learn stuff, too, in the process, too. You're never old to learn anything, really. <clears throat> yep, yep. I like that saying since I start, to, sometimes I feel old. That's just when I want to nap at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Probably mm-hmm. too much information for this podcast. But <laughs> my, my wife is fond of saying that, you know, if as soon as you stop learning, <clears throat> you've started the process of dying. So mm-hmm. we, we try to stay lifelong learners and lifelong adventurers. Yeah, exactly. How empathy must be a team practice, not just something uh, we oh, can't. Why did I? Okay, let me tell you. How empathy must be a team practice, not just re- relegated to the relation. Re- relate? I can't pronounce that. I don't know how to say that. Um, I bet it's like, uh, I think I know what you, what you did is you got into some of my materials and you've, you've excerpted this cool question. You're giving me some tea balls today, Chris. Thanks for just setting up so I can hit them real hard. I know exactly what this question is. I'm going to rescue you. It's, 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 uh, I probably used a word that I shouldn't have used. Thanks for pointing that out to me, by the way. No problem. The idea is in some businesses, uh, let's take this financial advisory firm of 10 people, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that kind of stay in the administrative wing and they don't let them out very much mm-hmm. because they may not have high people skills, okay? And then mm-hmm. there's a few people that have really engineering brains, they love to solve problems, but there's a couple of people on the team that are just the touchy-feely game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just being, you know, kind of casual about it, but it's people that really have an empathetic manner. They can sense what other people are feeling. They, they never run over people, they're very attuned. Now, what happens is when I start talking about customer experience or client experience, many business owners will listen to that and say, oh, HB, that's just for Johnny and Sue because they're our empathetic crew. You know, they're really in tune with the client stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, we're this is the wrong direction, okay? If every single person on the team from back of office to the very front of the house don't learn more about acting and being empathetic, the team is going to suffer as a whole. You can't just send two of the people that have high feeler capacity to go fend for the whole team. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what gets scary. The people that don't feel very empathetic or very um, emotionally uh, adept or you know, capable, they get nervous. They think, HB, you're going to make me become somebody that I'm not. No, no. I think empathy, that is how to listen and how to respond to people so that they know they're being cared for and heard mm-hmm. in many different ways are just skills and actions anyone can learn. Mm-hmm. You see, I've put empathy into an eight-step process for anybody leading a business that wants to develop a really strong client or relational scheme so that everybody feels cared for all the way through. And those eight steps allow every single person on the team to participate in some measure with an action that can be measurable, an activity that they can lead, a thing that they can do. That helps them understand everything I do in this firm actually is about making our clients feel awesome and know that they're being cared for and well served along the process. I'm not just back here in the back room making copies and my life is meaningless. That's horrible. Nobody wants to feel that way when they're in an advisory based firm in particular. Mm -hmm. So I think learning the eight steps of the client experience process and then setting in place an operating manual, kind of a playbook. Everybody can get on the playbook. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say that uh, empathy should be a team sport. And that was the, the fun fundamental in your question that you were asking. That's why empathy must be a team sport. It can't just be left up to one person or everybody's going to suffer. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I always delegate, and delegation is good too, because you're always, you have to delegate. Like, okay, I need you to do this. And 
and so and so you have to do like I'm gonna give you this task to do like you you have to delegate as well which is very very important too it's hard to do though sometimes isn't it it is oh recently it's been like that for me <laughs> what what keeps you from delegating what's the thing that kind of holds you back sometimes <sighs> not the communication is one of the big things I've been noticing because my collaboration podcast it's like a side thing that I'm doing besides this podcast it's kind of that's kind of been put aside now because I'm no longer speaking with my cohort that I work with on that so it's just you know I gotta I gotta try to figure I'm figuring out maybe I need to communicate a little bit better maybe I need to unblock them and try to work things out you know that's even problem solving is a big thing in business too you have to figure you've got a problem you gotta solve it you can't be you know hiding like you said in the back doing this and that right you you got to problem solve as well yeah well your story is really important chris i think that's a, like we started <clears throat> with the idea of delegation and for you like many others it's hard because you have to trust the person that you're going to delegate to mm-hmm. uh, you have to entrust them with a task and let them fail or succeed so that's yeah. hard at one level and then you pointed to even a different problem which is many times in business we uh, walk through a conflict phase Mm -hmm. We have a disagreement, Mm -hmm. something doesn't go like we hoped, and then it creates a roadblock. Yeah. You use the phrase unblock, which might have been something very specific, (laughs) but I I don't know the outcome of what you're processing, but generally speaking, can we speak generally? Yep. I want to go into my life, even with people that I've had disagreements with, I want them to know that I still care or that... Mm-hmm. I, I want I want even people that I have strong disconnects with to understand that in a, in a pinch or at request, I would still want to help them. Mm-hmm. I'd still be there for them, even if it was changing their tire. <laughs> I, would, I would want to be available. So I don't like the feeling of being cut off mm-hmm. uh, or being shut down yeah. right? or, or being put out. Because then you feel like something's over. It's just a ba- it's a weird feeling, isn't it? That- it is. And I kind of feel that. And I kind of feel that way, too. You know, like uh, now I've, I kind of feel like the collab is over. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, I, I felt that empty feel, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you just got to keep moving. you gotta you got to keep pushing pushing through all the pro- all the issues and you know never give up that's my motto is n- never give up so well that's a good one i also like the motto that just has the word forgiveness in it mm-hmm. i think back in the 80s one of the eagles dropped a song about forgiveness right don henley maybe that dated me i'm sure i think that was one of his own songs by himself because i saw a tribute band i saw an <laughs> eagles tribute band that's one of his songs it was one of his I own songs it. yeah it's a great song. Right. It's a song a really beautiful song because it's uh you know it's about forgiveness even if we don't love any love each other anymore yeah forgiveness is something that i've learned that you don't have to have participation to do Mm -hmm. the person doesn't even have to be living this is people get confused about this it's not the same as reconciliation yeah where things things get put back together in a way but forgiveness allows you to remove the obstacles that separated you from being able to have a clear heart or a loving heart towards somebody else Mm -hmm. so even if a lot of times people get into this idea of forgiveness with a with a parent who's passed away or a relationship who's gone you can forgive somebody that's not even present Mm -hmm. so even an old business partner or somebody who offended you or somebody who diminished you or didn't speak well these things can get under your skin and i don't think time heals this is just me this may be off topic from our subject today but the idea that time heals i think is absolute bunk Mm -hmm. i think forgiveness heals when you choose to take somebody's offense off the ledger of your heart and say you don't owe me anymore yeah that's healing Mm -hmm. but just to say well after enough time i'll forget that they cut my arm off and talk bad to me i kind of doubt it Mm -hmm. i exactly for a point there yeah maybe I got a little too excited about that point but maybe I'm excited for you Chris you know yeah you're thinking about your relationships making them healthy I'm behind that 
great mm. leaders are healthy leaders mm -hmm. and healthy leaders grow healthy companies and this is this is all in the conversation about what it means in my practice to advise business owners is how can we practice such a healthy lifestyle and leadership style that aren't the natural byproduct of our lives is healthy stuff yeah and I've been doing this 17 years and I just I want to make sure you know I don't want to I don't want to uh, leave on bad terms with anybody you know that's the one of the big things for me but um, okay, so I, I guess we've talked about trust. I guess trust is very important. You have to trust your teammates uh, in the business, like your your uh, coworkers. You have to, you know, make sure you can trust them. You can, you know what I mean, right? You, trust mm -hmm. is very important in the world of business. Yes, it is. I've talked to several clients recently on this topic. One client in particular I found to be very <laughs> interesting. She, uh, she had gone through a season of time where she had just grown convinced that her first impression was always the best impression mm -hmm. and i thought well this you know this doesn't sound wrong to me you know people i read uh, just the other day the data shows that people form a first impression of chris in one tenth of a second the first time they meet and see it yeah. and the data shows that the rest of that second mm -hmm. one one thousand doesn't do much to change the first impression on the first tenth isn't that weird it is weird it forms so so she had decided you know i know if i'm going to trust somebody just like that as soon as i meet him mm -hmm. yeah and you, you probably have a feeling like you've probably met somebody where you're like i trusted him as soon as i met him yeah for example i had a good impression on you when i first met you last week on our pre-interview so it's like like boom you're right like it's what is it one fourth or, or one tenth, one -tenth of a, i've actually read two different data points but the last one i read said one tenth of a second yeah it's just it's like crazy. yeah it's like boom you, <laughs> you get a good vibe right it's just right. it's amazing it and we pick up on all kinds of cues really fast. Our brains are tuned up like this. So oh. she was, but I said, well, hey, isn't there some trust, however, that is best earned over time mm -hmm. through actions and interactions, like building a little wall. Mm -hmm. I, I call it the trust wall or the trust bridge, whatever, you know, yeah. where a little bit at a time, you start growing something between you of strength so that if you make a mistake, it doesn't ruin the whole relationship because you've got so much trust built up. Mm -hmm. Now she liked this idea, but she kept going back to the idea that the first thing was her her favorite thing and I said that's fine but it's gonna be hard to make a formula on that because over time the same person you have a good impression of still has to earn the continuing trust mm -hmm. or they could ruin your first impression you, you have to agree that that's possible right and she's right. Like, okay yeah I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think trust as, as something that we look at in business and in life is something that we focus on how do we make the best first impression mm -hmm. can we show up and make eye contact and smile and we dress for the moment can we be prepared are there there's little things that we can do right in the first second or two. Does our business look professional? Is the facade on our company telling people about us or is it <laughs> is it old? I mean, so many things we can do with our first impression, right? Right. Then after that though, I, I, I think people have to start thinking that it's, uh, we have to do systematic things. So I'm going back to the, the ideal client experience, which mm -hmm. is the name of my coaching program. And it's also the location of the website. I, I think that we were chatting about earlier, it's here on the screen, mm -hmm. idealclientexperience.com. What these eight steps of empathy do this client journey map it allows you to think about how can I build trust in each stage of the journey so I don't have to be just amazing at the top and then kind of flatline <laughs> how can I pace myself a bit and build trust a little bit over time because I want my clients to cut me a little slack when I'm imperfect mm -hmm. I'm certainly gonna cut them some slack when they're not perfect I'm gonna do that with my employees and ask them to do that with me as their their boss and the way to do that I think over time is to be thoughtful and methodical about building trust mm -hmm. um, and I guess we could go into that deeper but th those are my first thoughts what what comes to your mind uh I don't know. I just, 
You know, I just, when it comes to trust, I just, I kind of, I've had, well, I've, okay, so, I've had a lot of people I've worked with, uh, when I did the video projects team, especially, that's, like, an old YouTube team I used to have way back, <laughs> from, like, 2005 to 2014, which, uh, makes, kind of ages me to how old Crispy on the Web's gonna be pretty soon, um, <laughs> but, uh, like, I found it really hard to trust people, because I've been, people have turned their backs on me. I've had like quitters on me. Like I had uh, one person. Uh, she quit on me not once, but recently she quit twice. I was like, okay, maybe I need to kind of rethink who I bring on. Maybe bringing back someone that quit once is not a good idea, you know? Oh, no. Okay, that's two sides of the equation, isn't it? Like on one yeah. side of the equation, you're trying to figure out how to find trustworthy individuals. Mm -hmm. And when people uh, lose your trust, you know, what do you do? You can forgive them but does that mean you have to bring them back exactly we use that word reconciliation earlier you know just because mm -hmm. i i forgive you the person who's violated me mm -hmm. doesn't mean i need to stay in close proximity with you anymore yeah but i, I can still forgive you and people have a mm -hmm. hard time with this process i think mm -hmm. this is probably worth a different podcast interview mm -hmm. uh, that being said when people earn our trust they mm -hmm. earn it a little bit of it at a time Here, here's one of the challenges and this is a symbol that i use all the time this is a little bucket with a drop going in it. Mm -hmm. This bucket symbolizes gaining trust or earning trust. I had a friend tell me a long time ago, HB, trust is earned by the ounce, but it is lost by the gallon. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Somebody could work for you every day mm -hmm. for months and weeks and years, and then one day they show up without warning and without any style or grace, mm -hmm. you know, sweep everything off their desk, kick a window out, walk out and quit. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody takes the whole bucket and just tips it over all at one time. Yeah. And all that trust feeling that you had just dissipates, just boosh, is gone. Mm -hmm. So when I think about this, so I have to think about myself mostly. I have to think, you know, with Chris, he's a new friend what you need to do is uh be nice on his show and <laughs> be cordial mm -hmm. uh be a good guest follow up after the show to make sure he was happy uh with our process mm -hmm. and uh maybe recommend people go visit krish's show all of these things what they're doing for me besides just it is good business but it's really trust building mm -hmm. can i do things that will honor chris did i show up on time was i dressed and ready do i have a microphone whatever right right so as business owners we're, we we may not do this as much consciously as unconsciously, but w I believe we all have to be really cautious about the things we do on a daily basis are either spilling mm -hmm. or gaining more trust with the people that we're with every day. Yeah. And because it's so fragile, it's worth it to put some safeties in your own journey to keep you from accidentally tipping the bucket over. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe I just opened up a different subject, but I think it's important that we start putting in safeties, especially in leaders and those of us who are people of influence, to keep that bucket from getting tipped over because we can lose a lot mm -hmm. if you break trust with people that you serve. Exactly. Uh, can you define a successful leader? <laughs> In my case, because I'm a man, I would almost say a successful leader is some guy go that goes home to a happy wife. I'm <laughs> 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 kind of caveman. Uh, the here's, here's the reason I say that. Mm -hmm. In leadership, I mean, there's all kinds of metrics that people use. Mm -hmm. If you go on the internet and search successful leaders or read books on successful leadership, I guarantee you there's going to be a bunch of books out there that are just whipping you on the forehead with a plastic bat, telling you to work harder, work longer, hit those numbers, 10x this, 100x that. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are just banana land excited mm -hmm. about this whipping post model for leadership. I think leadership first can be, let's, I'll give you another measurement so I don't 
don't sound like I haven't thought this out at all. <laughs> the number one measurement of leadership that cannot be argued with, it will always be true, it's eternally true. It's not how well you're doing or how busy you are. I can, I can know how great a leader is by getting around the people that that leader serves and finding out if they're living productive, exciting, and awesome lives. Mm -hmm. Are they successful or are they not successful? Because great leadership is always measured by followers, not the leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's flip over this other thing I said. My wife is not my follower, to be clear. <laughs> That's not how we shake this out. But what I'm saying is if, if my wife is happy, it means we're happy in relationship. If we're happy in relationship, it means both of us are being honest. Both of us are being authentic. Both of us are processing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Which means that even as a leader, I'm going to come home and I'm going to be able to process my life as a leader with my wife in such an open way that our marriage will remain in, in a fun. Now, I know there's two, two sides to this and I, I realize I'm sort of outdoing this illustration or outdoing. What I'm trying to point to is that healthy leaders are almost always good leaders and unhealthy people are not going to be healthy leaders. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I hope I didn't break that down too weird. And one column is just, I like to see leaders at whole and at peace with their families and their relationships before I start measuring their financial productivity in the sales part of their business. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then even before I looked at sales, I'd look at the other metric, which is how well are the people around you succeeding and prospering in their work? on your team and are they very happy to serve with you and if those first two things aren't right mm -hmm. Chris I don't really care if you're the sales leader in your institution because you're on a short-lived path to nowhere and you're kicking over your buckets of trust everywhere and you're living on borrowed time and unless a person wants to adjust I, I would not be able to help a person in that situation uh, without a willingness to change. That's just not a good spot. Yeah, you gotta make. Uh, they have to. You also have to be able to change too. If like you need to change something in your leadership, you have to be willing to that change. It's true. Uh, <laughs> teachability. <clears throat> okay, so in my profession, right, I'm a I'm a business advisor. The, the fundamental of that means that a business person that I start talking with mm -hmm. is able to process out loud something that sounds like "Help me." <laughs> For a person to have the courage to say, help me, it's a huge deal. It is. And I, I know why most very good business owners, very competent business owners don't have an advisor yet. It's not because they don't need one. And it's not because they don't know that they need one. It's that it's it takes so much courage to tell somebody else that you're needy that we avoid it at all costs, mm -hmm. especially if you're on top of the pile. If you've been used to being the big dog in your organization, uh, it's very difficult to be honest with yourself, open up with somebody and say, I really need help. I'm, I'm losing my grip over here. I'm in chaos over here. I don't know what to do right there. Um, but my role is about building trust and connecting trust with mm -hmm. people of great leadership skills who I respect their genius. It's beyond mine. But what they needed was a perspective partner, somebody who could come look at things with them, not make them feel small because they can't do everything perfect. <laughs> it's so ridiculous at face value, right? Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, I stay out of their way. I, I never show up at their business. I don't want to step in front of them. I, I'm not a consultant who shows up and goes to the chalkboard and tells everybody what to do in an organization. That's my position is to get behind the leader. Mm -hmm. It's why I refer to myself as a growth advocate. Mm -hmm. uh, advocacy has this feeling that you're behind someone pressing them forward. You're believing for their best future. And that's what I like to do uh, with business owners. But to your point, if they're not interested in help, which means change, then there's really not much I can, not much I can. Do. Yeah. I can appear, I can appear on Chris's show, <laughs> <laughs> but I won't be able to do much else until I can have that conversation and say, well, what's your challenge? Mm -hmm. what, are, what are you working on business owner that you need a little help with? And I wonder if I could help you. Let's brainstorm that together and see if we can, you know, come up with a better solution. Two heads better than one kind of a deal. Yeah.
like my assistant, she, in the last 24, almost 24 hours, uh, she's helped me a lot with, like, what's been going on behind the scenes with all my stress. Like, is there anything I can help you with? And even my, uh, one of my moderators for my fan page, she said, is there anything I can help too? Like, it's like, you know, I was like, wow. Like, I was like, you know, it's, you have to ask for help too. You can't be afraid to ask for help. But sometimes, you know, people will ask, do you need anything? Do you need any help with anything? Which is great too. Isn't that great? It's so, it's such a, an amazing thing for me. It's really a blessing. That's a good word for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not always the best at asking for help. Yeah. Um, I've been very self-sufficient. I've, I've always been a starter and a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Since I was 17, 18 years old, I've been starting things. I've been at this for over 40 years. I've almost never been on a W-2. I've almost always been a 1099 business owner. I did work in the nonprofit sector for decades, but it still runs like a boutique business when you're small, uh, which was my work. And I haven't always been the best at asking for help, but I've certainly needed it more than anybody else because I've I've made so many mistakes over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of your listeners, uh, it occurred to me as we were chatting, either themselves or they know somebody like who we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. It's the business owner that they they admire, but it's just gotten into the weeds a little bit, or it's trying to sort out why they're not gaining the business that they want or why their client experience isn't like they want. So um, I'm going to put up my email address because it's long kind of like yours <laughs> but my name is hb pasley so hb like happy birthday and p-a-s-l-e-y paisley has an i in it remember that's where uh, <laughs> people always want to say paisley it's hb pasley at idealclientexperience.com so we've been talking about you know discovering your ideal clients important mm-hmm. also creating an ideal client experience is important so it's kind of a combination of those things but you could email me at hb pasley at idealclientexperience.com you could share a story of your own business leadership things that you're challenged mm-hmm. with or you might just introduce me to somebody hey HB I'd like you to meet my buddy Steve he's a financial advisor or a commercial investment broker or a nonprofit mm-hmm. development officer or anybody who develops relationships for a living I think you guys would hit it off and have some fun stuff to talk about that's a great way to make an introduction to me I don't think it's any more complicated than that mm-hmm. uh, I'm old school I still use the phone too but um, this email business is usually a pretty good first step it's still great to have uh, technology especially now in this day and age it's, it's really early off Awesome. Yes, it is. Because if you uh, being able to share an email address or properly spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> or pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you go to idealclientexperience.com, mm-hmm. one of the things on the first page of the site, I don't know if you did this yet, Chris, but there's a little survey that's anonymous. You don't even have to give me your information. I'm not even going to ask for your stuff. I don't care. The, the survey is basically, hey, I wonder if what HB is doing as a business coach would have any value for me. So I've got like a seven-point little survey. You literally just move slides. You don't even have to type words. <laughs> you could do this with one eye closed and one thumb. And you just sort of say, here I am on a scale of one to ten. You take this thing, you hit click, and it gives you an immediate score mm-hmm. and if you score low you're like ah okay hb you're fine but this is not for me boom you're out if you score high you're like huh maybe this would be worth another conversation so i, I invite any of your listeners and you and your team just yeah. pop over and take the survey it's it's kind of fun anyway because you get to sort out what does an advisory based business guy do what does a coach do in that space what questions would he even ask mm-hmm. um and that little survey is quick It'll literally take 15 seconds to do it yeah I'll, I'll definitely check it out i'll mention it to my team as well uh oh so what was I, how do you become a six uh, wait why do why does leadership have a long lasting re- wait wait a second i'm skipping my okay chris focus why is it important to have a strong leadership and how do you become a successful leader Oh yeah, it's it's almost like your earlier question. It's like defining great leadership. I, but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna attack this 
practically. Mm-hmm. I worked with young entrepreneurs for much of my life. Now, <clears throat> not as much, but when I was younger, I did. I worked with a lot of young people, and they would ask a very similar question. How mm-hmm. do I get started? How do I become a leader? How do I succeed in my career pursuit? I, I would maybe convert this question a little bit to all of your listeners who during this season, this crazy post-pandemic nutball thing we just went through, who are now interested in starting their own jobs, creating their own career life, designing their own futures. They're asking, well, how do I make progress? which really is the same question. Mm-hmm. How do I lead myself into this next arena? I think, I think a couple of things have always come to mind. Number one, this sounds really funny, is that it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you're gonna design a successful path forward as a leader or a business owner, you have to decide who you want to serve. It's not what you wanna make or what your skills are, how cool you are, it's who do you want to help? (laughs) Then the next question is, what are you gonna help them solve? What is the problem you're gonna fix for them? How are you gonna support these people? Those two things together are probably Probably more. You could spend the next two years in your business. Never talk about you. Don't talk about your skills. Don't even bring up the name of your business. Nobody cares. Just go out into the world and clearly identify who you're trying to serve. Chase them down and then talk to them about the problem that you're going to try to help them solve. It wouldn't matter to me if you were selling bubble gum or selling financial planning. If you could go out into the world and do that, you would be leading with them in mind first. That's step one. It's mm-hmm. a, it's almost like I prepared for this, right? Is right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Please think I'm funny. Oh, my God. Uh, Step two, and I won't do any more than two steps, is Mm -hmm. start with what you have, not with what you wish you had. Mm -hmm. It's easy, right? If you got 10 people, 20 people, 50 people that listen to you, if you've got a podcast or an email list, or you've just got three friends, start with them. Mm -hmm. Don't, Don't take out Google ads before you've learned how to talk to your closest friends about the thing that you want to do and maybe something that you could help them with. If you can see some of your audience, some of the people that you want to go out in the world and serve and they're literally within walking distance, why don't you just go ahead and walk over there to them? Start with what you have, not with what you wish you had. People want to turn their ideas into a global enterprise before they've actually conquered their street. Uh, this is bad business and it's a bad life play. You're, you're bound to, well, you're bound to run into some defeat that you shouldn't have to suffer. So mm-hmm. this is another word for incrementalism. Begin and in small what you mean to do in large, but let's prove that you can do it small. So almost every person I know who's achieved great success in their journey, who right now, if you took a picture of them, they look like rock stars started cleaning toilets or some menial job at the base of where they wanted to be because they knew who they wanted to work with and then they, they knew what they wanted to solve, what the problem was they were to solve. And they just got in there any way they could and they just worked, 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 worked until the audience or the impact grew bigger. So I think those are the two things that I would, I would push on anybody who's trying to sort out how to design their own success or design their leadership journey. All right. What do you love about coaching? Same thing we're doing now. Isn't, isn't this fun? <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your audience. I'm thinking about you've got me thinking about your colleagues. You've even got me thinking about your old partner that you're kind of estranged from. Like I'm thinking about your whole deal right now. Yeah. Uh. And I'm kind of interested in you being successful. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much I can help you, but that's kind of the point of my job. Everybody I meet, I don't know. I don't have a template. It's not like I deliver a pill. Take the blue pill. It'll make you great. You know, mm-hmm. um, I meet with people and then we co-decide. Could I help you for a season? Get to the goals that you're trying to get to personally, professionally, business, 
you know, there's all kinds of things that are going on there. So this is what I love about coaching. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not really about me. It's about them. I like serving others. I've always loved people's when the light goes off. Listen, my first job, I was a lifeguard at the YMCA. Now, I thought when I was 16 and I got my life-saving certification, ah, I was going to be so cool. I was going to sit in the chair and spin the whistle on my finger and wear the Ray-Bans and look super sexy, right? Right. But working at the YMCA, I also had to teach on the in the swimming lesson program mm-hmm. you know what i discovered in that summer and i discovered it very quick the chair was cool but swimming lessons were amazingly fun because in that space i was helping these little critters move from fear of the water to competency in the water and they had to go through all their mental challenges to get there now this is from a guy who failed beginner swimming lessons chris four times wow i mean the red cross was starting to write me get well cards like our sympathies you'll Mm -hmm. never get through this and finally i get through the program and i think what it did is my failure built in me a softness and an empathy for other people who struggled because i i would panic as a little kid i just freaked out (laughs) because i had that empathy and i could touch that Mm -hmm. i felt like swimming lessons were awesome because i can help these kids work through their fear of the deep end now what i learned from that experience has migrated throughout my life and now basically it's the same thing i work with business owners who are geniuses and they're going to be big and strong but right now they're in the deep end of the pool Mm -hmm. they're having trouble staying afloat they've got some things they're a little bit afraid of they don't know who to talk to i want to bring coaching that does not bring shame i want to bring coaching that helps you overcome problems immediately Mm -hmm. and frankly i want to bring coaching that by next year you never need me again you're on your feet you've got your strength you got yourself oriented and you can do it so i don't look for permanent positions in people's businesses and that's what i love about the coaching enterprise Mm -hmm. all right uh We've talked a lot about business. I'm not... Uh, okay, I got one more business question to ask before we wrap up today's podcast. Why is it important to have an advisor on your side? Oh, this is easy and we'll keep it short. You know, <clears throat> when you look in a mirror every day and you look at the, the illustrious and beautiful Chris, you're seeing Chris mm-hmm. your whole life from the exact same angle. Mm-hmm. If I handed you a sketch pad, though, and said, draw Chris from the side, your sketch is going to be goofy, I guarantee you. You have no clue what you look like from the side. You've never looked at yourself from the side. Well, you know, rarely. If I said, here's a sketch pad, draw me a picture from the back of your head. It's where a bunch of people look at you every day from behind you. <laughs> you have no clue. You just draw a blob of hair and a t-shirt. You know, you couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You need advisors on your team, not because you're not super smart, and not because the thing you see in the mirror every day isn't true. True. Mm-hmm. It's Chris, it's just not the whole truth. Yeah. So if you don't have advisors that you trust that help you think mm-hmm. through problems and give you both professional and personal uh, advice, you're simply unable to understand the whole picture of who you are as a leader. You can't see the whole picture of what's happening in your business. And these other people that come along and sketch you from the side and sketch you from the back, they don't have to be there forever. And they certainly don't have to be smarter than you. They just have to see it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. And that's what every leader needs. They need to have a prospective partner that sees it from a different angle. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about that we did not cover today man i'd like to talk about fly fishing <laughs> because i've been missing my time in the mountains recently i would like to talk about paddle boarding which i have been doing more of recently i live near this little baby lake in colorado springs and my wife and i got paddle boards you mm-hmm. know so i can just walk over to the lake and uh about a week ago i tried to combine those two sports um <laughs> i didn't take a fly fishing rod i was a little fearful i took a bait casting rod mm-hmm. but i actually uh, paddled out on my paddle board in the middle of this lake and then tried to do some fishing 
comboed it. Um, you asked what I wanted to talk about. That's been on my mind because I'd like to get off this afternoon and get out <laughs> on the paddleboard before it gets too cold here in Colorado. Yeah, it's uh, I can't believe fall's already here. That's crazy. Um, I guess we should mention before we get off that I do have a new book uh, that yeah. comes out this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always been horrible. My whole career, I've done creative things, and I always forget to plug the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about what we're talking about, uh, but th this is important to the yes. stuff. So the, the website and the book are both titled Never Drop the Ball Again. Mm -hmm. If in your liner notes, I'll send you, a, you know, the URL thing so that uh, yeah. people can click on that link. But Never Drop the Ball Again. This has to do with the, that feeling w that we all get when we have clients or people in our relational sphere. And we, we made a mistake. We dropped the ball. We didn't follow through. We didn't do the thing we told the client we would do. And we missed it somehow. So it's Never Drop the Ball Again, How the Ideal Client Experience Will Save Your Business. Mm -hmm. And this little book is 100 pages long. It's a short read. It's in hardback. Uh, people that join my email list, and you can just take that email uh, that I put up earlier. And if somebody sends me an email and says, hey, I want to be on your list, boom, I'm going to put you on it. I'm old school. I don't have click funnels and tricks to get people on my email list. If you want to be on it, you can be. And I'll send you, I, I think on the book release week, I'm going to do a free ebook giveaway. Mm -hmm. So it'd be really cool if people want to drop in, get a copy of this book. Um, but it will help anybody in any industry get their head around how can I put empathy and client experience into a system so that everybody on my team can get their head around? That's what the book is for. Okay. Uh, where can they find that book? Uh, like on Amazon or? Yep. It'll be it'll be released in every avenue that books uh, are sold and pervade anywhere. So mm. if you like physical copies, certainly Amazon is a first stop for many. Yeah. It'll be a nice little hardback. If you're into eBooks, any eBook reader that you use, whether it's the Kindle or the uh, Apple uh, reader, you'll have those things. And there'll also be an audio book release at the same time. So it, it's a full scale release. Whatever device or thing you use, it'll be there for you. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get a little head start, you join my email list. I keep, I keep you updated. Uh, I'm starting to feature conversations about this at my YouTube channel, which is also Ideal Client experience.com mm -hmm. uh, which we just rolled out this week Chris look we're, we're I'm starting things and you're helping me kind of move the conversation forward exactly really, you've been doing it for 17,000 years and I've been doing it for 16 seconds hey uh, making me feel older than you so uh, you could you could get this any way you come at me but never drop yep. the ball again.com is it go will be a little feature site for the book itself it'd be a very fast click on the, what is that about mm -hmm. yeah I'll put that in the show notes uh, any other websites you like to promote or social media oh my gosh I think we've covered it. I, the only thing I leverage on social media is the YouTube environment. And since I'm fresh out of the um, barn on that one, we'll we'll put a link in your show list. Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, you have to have so many subscribers before you can have a custom URL. Yes. Now, I'm such a new kid. You know, there's like, it's just zero out of the gate. So literally today is the opening day on a YouTube channel event that is um, just brand new. So yeah. we'll we'll connect the dots and maybe make some friends there as well. But yeah, I'll, be, I'll probably be number one, uh, number one first <laughs> subscriber. That would be really funny. If you land as the number one guy, then you'll definitely have a special place in my heart forever, Chris. I hope you get there. <laughs> I, I'm going to check before I, I'm going to go out after. I'm going to check it on YouTube before I head out of the studio for a while, take a break. But uh, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. I've learned a lot today and you've really opened up my eyes on a lot of things, uh, especially with what's been going on recently. It really, you know, helped me. That's cool, Chris. 
so I'll learn some things too, hearing your story and how you're, what you've learned and how you're evolving in your own uh, stuff is actually very inspirational. I appreciate you taking the time to interview me. I always think it's a real honor to be a guest in anybody's home. Mm-hmm. So thanks me, thanks for bringing me into your home and with all the people that already love you and enjoy this podcast. No problem. As always, you can like the Facebook fan page on Facebook, Crispy on the Web, Twitter, Instagram, at Crispy on the Web. And I will see you guys on Sunday, next Sunday for another episode of In the Man Podcast. Bye for now. Make sure to go to, the, to his book, uh, book's website, neverdropthebaldagain.com for his book coming out on October the 15th. Uh, like he said, he'll be coming out in ebook. He'll be coming out in hardcover everywhere. Uh, the link is in the description below. Also, the idealclientexperience.com is also on there as well. Again, the uh, links are all in the description below. The way to get in touch with him. Go check it out, and I will see you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week again for a fresh round. It's the Entertainment Man Podcast.